Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And welcome to Pull Anantial's podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty, and I'm your host and also a CFP. And I'm here with one of our fan favorites, which I'm going <laughs> to call her Tosh going forward since I keep butchering her name. Short and sweet. That's how we like it. Tosh is cool. So you have some big updates for us. Yeah, some pretty big updates. I think uh, last time I was on the podcast with uh, two lovely other women, um, we were talking about recently our recent home purchases. Oh, I will interrupt and say that we got a lot of great feedback about the round table and splitting finances and we are trying to do another one. Oh, cool. I think that we need one more person. So if you're listening to this and you're interested um, in talking about how you split your finances with your partner, uh, send us a message on Instagram because we're looking for probably one more person to participate in the next round table. And as someone who did it, I will say it was really fun and I feel like I learned a lot about other couples. Um, I can't remember this the name used, but one of the participants talked about how she does a lot of the mental labor, like thinking of what they need for groceries. Yes. And I had never thought of that. And I think that's something that should be in the equation. <laughs> if my boyfriend is listening, I do a lot of mental work yeah. as well. And I feel like I need that to be calibrated for. I will also say we talk more next week, which is our hundredth episode. One hundred. That's a huge milestone. Huge milestone. Huge. So that will be airing. We have a very special guest, and we talk more about splitting uh, money with a partner and what she found in all her research. I was like, is mm. what we're doing like what everyone else is doing? <laughs> or tell me what you found. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And, and just, you know, FYI, the special guest is not me, you guys. So I just <laughs> Sorry. Wanna, don't want to get raised hopes up. So, But, um, yeah, but uh, you got to be episode 99. I know, the, right at the cusp of it. So, you know, it's very, it's uh, quite an honor. Quite an honor. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, so uh, my partner and I bought a house. Um, feels like we bought the house ages ago. We closed um, end of August, and then we did this thing called a lease back, where um, you know when we were negotiating with the owners, something that they were really looking for is some time, um, and asked if they could lease the house from us for two months after we closed. So we were open to they that. Gotta get that garage cleaned up. 
oh, guys, let me tell you, it is, I mean, is there a garage? I can't tell. So we think we have a garage. Um, but I hope, hope, hope the owners of the house or previous owners of the house don't listen to this. Um, it's not your real name. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Um, so we did the two month lease back and that ends, um, end of this month. Then we're going to do like a little bit of updates to the house, like knock down a wall, um, you know, put up a kitchen island, just, just little things. Um, and then we're looking to move in maybe end of November, early December. So we're at the, we're at that finish line or we can see the finish line. It's just, has been a really, um, it's felt like a very long process. <laughs> we actually know people that, um, after we like put an offer in on our house, like m- two months later, started looking for a house and have found it and moved in. So, you know, it's been longer for us, but you know, it is what it is. It is a process. And I will say, I think the one thing you should share is what happened when you got the closing statement, like what you needed to bring. For oh closing. my gosh. Yeah. So I think something that's, you know, this is very state, I would like to say it's, it's state um, specific. So it just depends on your state, like what the closing costs are going to be. So Tosh bought in New York state, New York state is a high tax state. So yes. just to give a little disclaimer yes. there. <laughs> so um, I'm actually going to like say what the amount was because I feel like just saying it was a lot well, and I also want to preface that she called me in a panic that mm-hmm. the bank had messed up all of the numbers and this possi- this couldn't be possibly right. But before she called and yelled at the bank, she just wanted to run it by me. Yeah. So um, I feel like everybody kind of, not everybody, but I feel like when you're in the process of buying a home, like you did too, you were just like, you know, I was make shocked. sure you have money saved for closing costs. Usually, usually it's between 10 to 12 grand. Like make sure, you know, you have that set aside because a lot of times you don't anticipate that. So that's what I was anticipating. And then we got the closing costs. And, and granted, this is also including like the taxes. The taxes in our area are very high. And our closing costs were $21,000. I, I just want to, we want everybody let that sink in. $21,000. Okay. So now I know that everybody can feel that panic, that jolt through them. That's what I felt. And I just remember being like, I don't under, like, it was just blind confusion. But the big chunk of that was like a lot of our taxes because of the time when we bought, you pay them up front, you pay them all up front. Yeah. So that was also like another lesson that I feel like the loan officer was, had to really hold my hand and walk me through that. Cause I was just like, I don't, why can't I just, yeah. So they, <laughs> you were like, why can't I pay $10,000? Yeah. I, I was just like, I don't understand. I was told, <laughs> I was told by various people that are not real estate people or loan officers that it would be around this amount. But yeah, the taxes really added to it. Um, and so that's an important tip when you're looking for a property. And so this is something we had discussed before Tosh started looking, but the house price is important, but also the taxes are important. So, yes. So for instance, for Tosh, she could afford less house because she wanted to live in a specific area. That's a high tax area. So there's high property taxes and high school taxes. So in New York state, they separate them and you have to pay both and they're both high. And so in order for her to do her budget, she needed to know what the taxes were in the area and then how to adjust how much she could afford for a house. Mm-hmm. So for instance, on my property, which is also in a uh, high school tax, high property tax area, my taxes are more than my mortgage. So that's something to really consider because you're going and doing your budget and figure out how much you can figure or going and doing your budget and figuring out how much you can afford monthly. So you're like, okay, well, if I'm paying 1500 in rent, I can afford 1500 for mortgage and just say mortgage being principal and interest and maybe um, maybe insurance but you have to really look at that that tax aspect of it because so for instance we'll just do round numbers 
it's basically a thousand for the mortgage and then twelve hundred a month for my taxes, not not including any insurance or maintenance or anything like that. Yeah, I think something that was important that you had pointed that out to me because I was looking at like Zillow and some of those sites and they're like, oh, your mortgage is going to be X amount. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's so cheap. And that didn't factor in the taxes, which were, are very high here. So they should, they should factor it in. It should show you principal interest, insurance and taxes, but it's important to know the thing with taxes is typically they only go up. Yeah. (laughs) Your mortgage will go away. But so for instance, when I pay my mortgage off on my one property, the thousand dollars a month, I still have the 1200 and that's probably going to continue to be assessed and probably continue to go up. So it's still a constant bill and have to pay. Yeah. So that was, um, eye opening eye opening. Yeah. So having to pay <laughs> literally like just months and months of taxes up front was, was pretty jarring. Um, I will say a pro tip that, um, oh, help, pro tip, pro tip. Okay. That helped save us a couple thousand was our real estate attorney that, um, did the closing, um, who was, Wonderful. Craig Fuller. Amazing. If you're in the Dutchess County area, he's amazing. Um, So what he suggested was the bank that you are doing your loan with, when they are putting together a closing, there is an attorney that represents the bank. And the bank has a list of attorneys that they use. And our real estate attorney was on that list. So he can do double duty. He can represent us at the closing and represent the bank. And sometimes they will only charge you one fee, one fee, where um, if the bank represents uh, hires somebody else, you're now paying for your attorney and the bank's attorney. So once again, this is a New York state specific. You don't need attorneys in other states. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even really need attorneys for this, but, um, I being mean, you do, attorney. but being an attorney, um, so that's just something if, if, if you're going towards closing and you have, uh, you're using a real estate attorney, I would just speak to your bank and just say, look at, you know, what attorneys do you hire to represent the bank? And if our attorney's on that list, would you consider just letting him? Or letting her, you know, do both. So that was just something that saved us, like, I think it was like $3,000. And looking at that, we're like, you know, if we had to pay it, whatever, because it's all in the grand scheme, it's over 20 grand that we're in the hole for. But um, yeah, so yeah, that was a good pro tip. It's a good pro tip, you know, just saving, saving where you can, which which is brings us to our next question, which your partner asked when he knew we were recording. Yeah. So obviously, you know, we, we bought a house, we spent, um, an obscene amount of money on closing costs. So we're doing a little bit of work on the house, which we kind of have, you know, saved a little bit of money for that. But then I guess our question was, is like, what are good tips to save? Because we, once we move in, we want to like not spend any money, which, you know, is impossible. But I guess just, I know the typical ones like make coffee at home and stuff like that, but I'm trying to think if there's like anything else, what can I do? (laughs) She's I, I looking. Have, I have just, nightmares about those closing costs still. Just in case you're wondering, she looks very desperate right now. <laughs> okay, so there's two ways to always, there's one way is to cut your budget to save more money. The other way is to pick up side hustles. Mm, okay. So you're an attorney, you have pretty decent hours, so I don't know that you have a ton of free time, but you could always see if you could do any sort of, I don't know what your contract is, but maybe do a little legal work on the side mm-hmm. once a month, make a couple hundred bucks, something like that. That's one concept. Because we don't pay for the podcast, in case you're wondering. No. This is a freebie. <laughs> um, so maybe a little side hustle where you could, that, that's an easy thing, like once a month, do something to bring in a little extra cash, and mm-hmm. then that goes in the budget. The other thing is just being really diligent about what's coming in which is, and what is going out. Mm-hmm. And you can cut things, I kind of call it like a cleanse. Like you don't have to always cut things out permanently, but you can cut things out for 30 days. 
and say, okay, like for 30 days, we're not eating out. We're going to save the money that we would normally eat out. And we're going to be at home and we're going to work on house projects because you're moving into an older home. So maybe you're going to be painting rooms or putting up wallpaper, which the sticker wallpaper, I must say I did that. And it was a lot harder (laughs) than I thought. The YouTube videos make it look really easy. I went through a lot of wallpaper and thankfully I put stuff up on the walls to cover the holes. But that would be like my tip to say, focus and you're going to be moving into this new property, maybe spend more time at home and save that money. And then that can be used towards Mm -hmm. house projects and furniture and all the things that a home takes up. And I would say my other big tip would be you should work it into your budget to save for maintenance the second you get in the home. Okay. Because especially since it's an older home, when things go wrong, it tends, in my experience, to not go wrong like incrementally so that like one year, one thing goes wrong. <laughs> and then you can pay for that out of you know, your emergency fund. And then the next year, you have one more thing go wrong. It usually all happens at once. So it's like, okay, the hot, hot water heater went, the garbage disposal went. By the way, that's expensive. <laughs> and everything goes at once. So I would, on a regular basis, monthly, put money away for house maintenance so that when those expenses do happen, and if they all happen in a row you have the money already saved in your budget. Okay. I like the idea of like looking at it like a month to month thing. Like I think for me, it, it's scary. It's like, okay, I have to cut all this out of my budget. But if it's like just for 30 days, that's much more manageable. I mean, obviously the goal is to keep doing it, but I think doing it in 30 day increments. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be permits. You say, yeah. okay, so for, we're going to move into the house December 1st. So December is a lot of holiday time, right? Anyway, so, and it'll be very different with COVID, but maybe for December, like you don't eat out or maybe mm-hmm. you eat out once a week and you're only out three times a week and you do something specific, it's targeted, it's planned for, and there's a reason why you're doing it because then the money we get from that, we're going to use for a new, you know, kitchen stools, or we're going to use that money saved on dinner for, to put towards the couch or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, I feel like that's very, very manageable. That's very doable. Yeah, but I would just make sure in that when you do your new budget, when you get into the house, I'd figure out the monthly maintenance because when things go wrong on properties, it can be super expensive because unless you have like some secret power that I don't know about, you know nothing about plumbing and electric. I, I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because if you did, I'd be calling you. <laughs> I'm actually an electrician. I didn't tell you that. That's my side hustle. So it can be expensive. So I think it's always important. And that way it's not as stressful when something breaks because you don't have to put it on a credit card. You've been saving and you have a little bit of a slush fund just for the house. Mm-hmm. It's funny when you talk about like a side hustle in my mind, I picture myself picking up like a paper route, like getting up <laughs> my bike in the morning and the neighbors being like, isn't she a licensed attorney? Why is, why is she also delivering she? our newspaper? And I'll just be like, the tax is here, you know, you know <laughs> you gotta do something. But so. yeah, you can figure out things. I mean, the other, another way would be like, if and this is like, just an idea, but like if you're going to be going out of town, then maybe you Airbnb it for the weekend. Mm, like if you're going to go visit, you know, family somewhere and the house was going to be empty and it, you know, it's risky. So maybe you only do it to people, you know, maybe you have people, friends that are coming up from the city and you could say, look, I only would rent it on Airbnb. I'm happy to give you a discount because I know you and it's you're mm-hmm. probably hopefully not going to break anything. Mm-hmm. Like don't put a chicken down <laughs> no the house city, party. no parties. <laughs> So, you know, that would be an idea that you could always do that and bring in a little income. Another idea that I was thinking of, and this is just like, you just spend a little money to make a little money, but this is a popular area. You got a little camper and you could rent out the camper as an Airbnb. Oh, that's a really good idea. I know. We actually, so in the garage that we think exists, but there's just so much junk all over it. We, or like next to it, there's like space, but we've talked about like, if we could do something that's like a small little separate unit unit and, and rent that out. Cause where we are, everything's very walkable and 
we're close to like a fairgrounds area that typically, I mean, it's different with COVID, nothing's happening, but usually there's always events going on. So yeah, I love that area, area since um, the area and the idea, sorry. Um, but since you're already going to have someone in there doing work, I would have them look at that and be like, could it be turned into like a little studio? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a garage, but it looks more like a secondary unit on the property. Yeah. Um, like a little bungalow thing. Yeah, because then that would be something you make $1,000 a month on, Mm -hmm. renting it as a studio. And from a renting standpoint, having had tenants, having less people is ideal. Yeah. (laughs) It's less (laughs) potential. I always like, you know, future problems. It's less future problems. Yeah. So if you have one person, less likely they break something, right? If you have five people, like maybe fifth person was the one that was like, oh, yeah, that can fit down the sink drain. You try it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. That's good. That, that would be one thing. Or yeah. even in your own house, in the house, you're going to have an extra bedroom. You could always have a house guest once a month. Mm-hmm. I've had, I've known people who've done that where they Airbnb their extra bedroom. And maybe you only do it during like the fall festival season when there's a lot of tourists in town and prices for hotels are really high. So maybe for one month, every weekend you rent out your house. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. And then the reason you're doing it, so you're, it's a short-term sacrifice for a longer-term gain. The reason you're doing it is because over the course of four weekends up in this area for, you know, peak season or whatever, maybe you make 500 a weekend by renting a room. And there's, you know, if you do it all month, there's like our new roof fund or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's $2,000 from one month of hosting people. Yeah. Hmm. And the better I offer Airbnb listing, (laughs) she will now have an Airbnb (laughs) listing, but you know, and there's, you know, downsides, you always want to be careful. I think you'd have someone in your house. You want to make sure if you were home by yourself, you felt comfortable. You'd also, you know, I think being home, maybe there's less problems potentially, but you have your own section where you, they could have an up their own bedroom bathroom and yeah. you're not sharing. And so I do think that would be something to, to think about sporadically, because if you did that a few times a year, you could make, you know, maybe two to $4,000. Make some, make some hard, cold cash, cold, yeah. hard cash, cold, hard cash. <laughs> cold, hard cash. Yeah. So th- you just be creative from mm. that kind of concept where I don't know the way I look at it as I have two apartments, I don't have to have, I don't have to have other income, but it's nice to offset some of the expenses and it helps you build equity faster. Maybe that money, depending on what's going on with the house, maybe you make a principal payment on the mortgage and get ahead on your mortgage. Okay. So short term, you're making a sacrifice short term to not have the luxury, right. To have another business, if you will. And the longer term gain is you're more financially sound. Mm. That sounds good. All right. I guess I have one other quick question. So Um, and then your time is up and then my time is up. Um, so kind of just obviously related to finances. So I have money in my work 401k, which is a deferred compensation. It's not a 401k, but oh. it is a deferred compensation. Okay. You're close. You sound like you really, like, <laughs> I sound like I know what I was talking you about. You sounded like you knew what you were talking about. You're close. It is a work retirement plan, but yours is a deferred compensation. So plan. my deferred compensation plan. So I have a, I've, I've been putting a, a like a, a good amount in and I guess my concern is, um, with the upcoming election, I feel like whatever way it goes. Do you goes, feel like there'll be volatility? Yes. No, you Like don't. extreme volatility. <laughs> so I don't know what, I don't know if like I should take it out and then just see what happens until it calms down or just leave it be. So if you take it out, will you tell me when you're going to get back in? I think when it seems like it's not volatile. <laughs> <laughs> So the good news is the volatility helps you. Mm-hmm. And so volatility in English is the up and down of the, the market. Because you're in your deferred compensation, how often is your money going in? Every two weeks. Great. So if the market goes down, what are you doing? 
This is a test. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me to be a test. Um, I'm always putting money in it. So, okay. So let's say the price, we're just going to use round numbers. Cause, you know, Please. Math. <laughs> yeah. Math. Okay. So let's say one of the investments and it's not because you're in a mutual fund, but let's say one of them was, this is not true. So anyone listening, oh, actually I probably can't even use names. I can't use names. Oh, so okay. this stock fund, this stock fund. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Maybe we'll bleep Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beep, beep. <laughs> okay. This stock fund is a hundred. And now next week it's 50. Mm-hmm. Did you buy more when it was a hundred or did you buy more when it was 50? Oh, uh, I bought more when it was 50. You bought two. Yeah. Now got you, on sale. You got it on sale. Nailed oh, it. Oh, okay. okay. So actually, if we see a lot of volatility in the market this rest of this year, it will help you potentially because you're going to be buying at all different price points, some high and probably some low. If mm-hmm. we see true volatility where it goes up and goes down. But ultimately, you're a long-term investor. You're investing for retirement, which is coined by our next guest, the 100th episode. Ooh, the special guest. The special guest. And so you are long-term. So this is going to help you long-term. So you definitely don't want to get out because if you were to look high level at a graph of the market from when you first got in until when you're going to retire, let's say, this will be a blip on the radar screen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? You know, when you look back over 40 years... So you don't want to try and get into timing it. What you want to do, if anything, if the market goes down, what do you want to do? Next question. Uh, put more money in? Yay! Oh, High five. Yay! Nailed it. <laughs> yes, you want to buy more. So mm-hmm. if you can afford to, we'll see what happens with the house. But if, if the market does really take a dip, then it's a great time to put more money in. Okay. That makes sense. And makes sense. we'll make sure we bleeped the name. I should have said XYZ yeah. fund. <laughs> but so for all of our lovely listeners, this was our fan favorite, Tosh. Yay. yay. <laughs> Next week will be our 100th episode. So I really hope you tune in. It's a great episode. And then uh, we'll do probably a quick wrap up for the season. So we're going to wow. start recording for 2021 in December. So if you are interested on com- in coming on the show. In coming on. In coming on. Is that right? Is that English? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> if you'd like to come on the show, please message us on Instagram at Planantial. You can also check out our classes in partnership with SUNY Ulster at www.planantial.com. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 